Welcome back, everybody. This is Encounter with God. And we don't have a quiz clue for you because the quiz has already been answered. You haven't been quick enough this morning. You've got to be quick. You got ballparked this yeah. morning. Absolutely. Zainab from South Australia did such a good job. She got on the first clue. In fact, the clue was out there 10 minutes before the show started it's on true. Instagram. So it's true. Make sure you, for sure you follow Faith FM on Instagram so that you can get ahead of the game with the quiz. Our Instagram handle, by the way, is Faith FM Live. All one word, lowercase, no punctuation or nothing in between. Very good. Okay, so we are now into the book of Revelation, chapter 13. A good, yes. solid breakfast for you this morning. We had a great we don't, time. We don't believe in, in uh, uh, fairy floss for breakfast. <laughs> Not around here. No, no fairy floss. This is, this is uh, baked beans on toast coming up. Oh, baked beans. Don't talk to me about baked beans on toast right now. Oh, you are on your juice fast. Mm-hmm. Just make a bean juice. Can you make bean juice? <laughs> I don't know. I don't know if I want to try. <laughs> if it's if it's if it's no longer if you've made juice and it's no longer juice, that does that mean that it's bean juice? Uh-huh. Uh-huh. You do not get pun of the day for that. <laughs> Maybe I can stick some beans to the juicer and see. What okay, happens. so this is my challenge for Mon. Okay, oh, so this is my oh, challenge no. for Mon. Here it comes. Here it okay, comes. The online okay. challenge. Um, what I want you to do <laughs> is I want you to make a bean juice. So go home, do your googling, find a recipe, make a bean juice. And come back tomorrow and report on um, how tasty. You know what? I see your bean juice challenge, and I accept it, and I challenge you in return. No, 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 no! No, it doesn't work like this. You can't throw. Allow me to turn off your microphone. There we go. I'm going to make a bean juice. Lyle's microphone's turned off. (laughs) I'm going to make a bean juice, and you're going to drink it. I'm going to bring it in tomorrow and you and I will drink bean juice on air. Okay. All right. Sounds good. You thought you were going to get away with that, I weren't did. you? I did. I did. I'll give anything a go. Challenge you know you back. Unbelievable. Well, did, the things well, that actually, my co-host does, I just... I just. <laughs> this is what happens when you let me have control of the microphones. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. How did that ever happen? Those, those, that that, that, that control is supposed here. to be in the middle nah, where both of us side. can reach it. Nah, it's on my side now, son. <laughs> it's, like, it's like the remote at our house, you know. Yes, the women should have control of the remotes. I'm fully in agreement. <laughs> Unbelievable. How Actually, interesting. Like, what is it? Is it in your DNA? or like, yeah, I think you so. Just went to, women all go to the same Maybe school? Maybe it's because I'm How German. This, this just work? trying to take control of everything. <laughs> <laughs> Ooh. <laughs> Interestingly enough, did yes. you know when you have like a can of beans, right? Mm-hmm. Not baked beans, but like, you know, um, any other kind of beans. Yeah. And they have like the, the clear liquid that they're sitting in. Mm-hmm. That clear liquid is called aquafaba. Um, aquafaba. Let's, let's aquafaba. Clear liquid is like water. What are you doing? No, it's water it's, and, it's in, there's water and salt and a bit of bean that is soaked into it. Exactly. And that kind of makes it magical because what you can do with it, and this is this is a vegan discovery. So you get that aquafaba, like the bean liquid, the yeah. bean juice kind of thing. The water out of the bean can. The bean can. You Call chill it, you it and then you, you can add like sugar and a couple of other ingredients and you can actually whip it like with a, with a beater and it'll respond like egg whites respond and it'll go stiff and hard and, and foamy, and then you can bake it, and it tastes like a meringue. No and I, way. I'm not even kidding. Like, I'm, no. I'm okay, serious, okay, okay, it's okay. a vegan meringue. Right, right, right. right. Let, let's, let's do this. Tomorrow, instead of bean juice, let's have whipped sugar <laughs> bean juice baked. No, because I'm on a juice fast, and you can't get your way out of this. <laughs> and it's actually delicious. It's way more delicious than meringue. No yeah, way. It, it has a nicer um, texture in the mouth and the, and the way it crumbles and, and sort of dissolves in your mouth is just magical. Aquafaba is cool. I don't cool. believe you. Prove it. There's whole cookbooks about prove this. It. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna no, to right don't, don't prove it online. I can't I will prove it in about a month when I finish this juice fast. No, I will, that'll be our celebration it. meal for it's me finishing. Aquafaba meringue. I'm going to bring you bean juice meringue. <laughs> <laughs> you know we're supposed to be doing a Bible study right now? Yes, let's get back into it. <laughs> and it's supposed to be <laughs> Revelation 13 Bible study. <laughs> this is like Well, we had a wonderful Bible study yesterday because we were talking about um, these beasts and, and their, right. their identities. We were pointing yes. fingers left and right. Yes. But you know, the Bible points So, yeah. And yeah. we're going to continue because I, I forgot where we got up to. Where did we get up to? We got up to verse 8. Let me turn in my Bible. Revelation 13, verse 8. If you were And interested- we talked about two beasts yesterday. We talked about a great red dragon, mm-hmm. which symbolizes Satan. And then we um, had this in, like, leopard in, in, in thing. In context, Satan working through Imperial Rome. Oh, yes. Then we had the second one, which was the leopard-like 
beast. And it had feet of a bear and a mouth of a lion. Mm-hmm. And seven heads and ten horns, as yep. the dragon did. Yep, yep. Mm-hmm. And we noted that um, you haven't seen one of these and I haven't seen one of these. Thank goodness. Yes. <laughs> and we also know Symbolic that creatures. the dragon gave its power and its authority and its, uh, its throne to the leopard beast. Mm-hmm. That's yeah. right. Yeah, yep. kitted, kitted him out. There's a mm-hmm. bit of an alliance happening. Absolutely, yep. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. All right, so now we come to a third beast. So in this uh, whole sequence of beasts, there is a third one. So as we begin investigating this third beast, (coughs) uh, let me ask you a question. Yes. Just a review from yesterday. What does a beast symbolize? A beast symbolizes a kingdom. How do you know? It says it in the Bible. Where? In in the pages. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, so we're going to review this very quickly. We'll go to, there are many passages we could look at. The simplest one is probably Daniel 7 and verse 17. If you'd like to read that one for us, please, Mon. Daniel chapter 7 and verse 17. The reason that we're clarifying this is because some people do get confused and come up with the conclusion that a beast in the Bible an animal, because a beast is just an old English way of saying an animal. Yeah. If you go to an abattoir, they'll often talk about beasts. Mm hmm. Um, you know, there's beast and that beast, and we you know butchered that beast and so forth. Um, but it's not a not language that we often use today. You know, we'll 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 look out into the paddock and we'll see cows and sheep. And so yeah, there's animals in the paddock. We mm. don't say there's you know we don't call them the beasts of the field. Yeah, no. Which uh, um, maybe we should. It sounds kind of yeah, cool. You know, next actually. time you're driving past a paddock, say, "Oh, look at all the the beasts of the field." <laughs> <laughs> Someone might freak out, like, "Oh, what's over there? Oh, it's just a cow." Um, <laughs> But, uh, okay, so it's just an old English way of t- describing an animal. What, what, what does the Bible say that an animal symbolizes? You've got a modern translation, still calls it a beast. Why is that? I don't know. Anyway. I, I guess it's important. I, I don't know. know. Okay, so Revelation, uh, sorry, Daniel chapter 7 and verse 17 says, These four huge beasts represent four kingdoms that will rise from the earth. Thank you. So four huge beasts symbolizing four huge kingdoms. So in the Bible, a beast symbolizes a kingdom, a nation, a state, a country, whatever you want to call it. Um, it does not symbolize an individual. And this is really, really important when we come to understanding the beast of Revelation chapter 13 or the beasts, I should mm-hmm. say, of Revelation 12 and 13, because there's three of them there, is that they don't symbolize an individual. Oh. They symbolize a kingdom. Okay, yep. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Now, naturally, every kingdom has um, somebody at its head, you know, somebody who is is leading it, mm-hmm. and ultimately, at the head of all three of these beasts is Satan, because these are these are these are evil beasts, as we find <coughs> out. They have uh, this last one has some good characteristics for a little bit. It does briefly, briefly, <laughs> um, and then it has some nasty ones, but. It uh, yeah they they, they symbolise they symbolise you know nations mm-hmm. that ultimately Satan is at their head but you know every nation has somebody at its head yep you know, we have a prime minister New Zealand has a prime minister England has a prime minister mm-hmm. yeah prime yeah. ministers presidents heads of state that kind yep. of thing head of state so yeah we're not we're not saying that they don't have a head of state but we are saying that whenever what well, the Bible is saying that whenever a beast is mentioned it it's speaking about the whole the whole country, the government. Mm-hmm. Oh, and this is important, is not speaking about the citizens. Oh, really? Yeah. Okay. Well, remember we talked about yesterday how that uh, the dragon symbolizes Satan working through imperial ah, that's Rome. that's right, yes. Paul was a Roman citizen. That's Titus right. was a Roman citizen. Yeah. You know, these people were, were Roman citizens. They weren't lost because, you know, it's not talking about the nation. Mm. It's talking about the government, the system. And how devastating to find out suddenly this story in the Bible and think to yourself, oh, I'm automatically lost because, you know. I'm I was born there. Yeah, yeah. 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 So God is not unfair. No, 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 no. Salvation is not geography. Salvation is found in Jesus Christ alone. Amen. End of story. We need to make that very clear. And I think it's also important to note that this is um, this is how we find out. The Bible speaks a lot in symbols, and we need to find out what the symbols all represent. Almost like you know, decoding uh, like, a, like a code, and we allow the Bible to um, reveal itself. That the Bible decode itself. Exactly. And exactly. if you want to join us in uh, in studying this out, you can actually join us because twenty million other people are doing this right now. This oh, exact yeah, yeah. same study. Join a movement of and faith, studying the same chapter yeah. of the Bible every week. So you can get a copy of this lesson. Um, it's a study guide called Preparation for the End Time, and you can get a copy of it. I guess just Google it or go to Better Books and Food. No, give us a call here. We'll find one for yeah, you. Yeah, exactly. So join us in studying that out. Yeah. Okay, so where were we? We were in uh, Revelation chapter 13, and let's go down to verse 8. Actually, can you go? Yeah, well, before we read verse 8, mm-hmm. the issue in verse 8 is all about worship. 
Mm, okay. And this is what we find is central to this whole issue at the end of time is that it's all about worship. You're listening to Faith FM, positively different radio. And yesterday we found that worship is defined by who you actually obey, you know, because um, whatever is highest in your life, the highest authority in your life is the one that you obey. That's right. Uh, it's not the what, what you profess. Worship is mm-hmm. not about what you profess. Hopefully what you profess and who you obey are both the same person. Mm-hmm. Um, that's the way it should be. But uh, we do need to remember that um, who you actually deeds, actions speak louder than words. So much louder, indeed. Yeah. All right. So verse 8. Okay, Revelation chapter 13 and verse 8 says, And all the people who belonged to this world worshipped the beast. They are the ones whose names were not written in the book of life that belongs to the Lamb who was slaughtered before the world was made. Thank you. So the Bible says how many of the world will worship the beast at the end of time? It says the whole world. Okay, so does that mean that the whole world has to profess allegiance to the beast? Mm, no. No, because worship is who you obey, not what mm-hmm. you profess. So the whole world doesn't have to profess allegiance to the beast yeah, to worship the beast. That's right. That's right. They just have to obey the beast in preference mm-hmm. to obeying God. Mm-hmm. And that's a really important point because some people think, yeah, you really seriously you're going to get the whole world to profess one religion? Yeah, no. No. You get the whole world to obey one religion. Mm-hmm. That sets itself it's very up different. above God. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Very, very different scenario. Okay, so then we go on um, and the Bible speaks about some history. Uh, Would you like to read for us verse 9 and 10, please? Anyone with ears to hear... This is a clue, this is a clue. This is actually, I like the way that, sorry, I butted in. You're right. Uh, John John loves to, to write things in a cryptic way. Oh. And so he's like, okay, I'm about to give you a cryptic clue. So sit up, take notice and listen hard. Right now, there's going to be something very subtle and smart coming through here. Anyone with ears to hear should listen and understand. Anyone who is destined for prison should be taken to prison. Anyone destined to die by the sword will die by the sword. This means that God's holy people must endure persecution patiently and remain faithful. Mm. Let me read it from my translation. My translation gives a, uh, a different spin on this. It's a more literal translation, more word for word translation. He that leads into captivity will go into captivity. He that kills with a sword will be killed with a sword. Here is the patience and the faith of the saints. What you've got here, if you actually look at it in context, is this. Mm-hmm. Let me show you. In verse 3, you find the beast, the leopard-like beast, receives a fatal wound. I saw one of his heads as it were wounded to death. Mm-hmm. Then you go down a little bit further. And in verse 7, it was given to him to make war with the saints and overcome them. So here's what we know about the leopard-like beast. He is going to receive a deadly wound yep. and he's going to persecute the saints. Mm-hmm. All right? Mm-hmm. So he's going to be killing with a sword and he's going to be l- taking people into captivity. Yep. Right? Mm-hmm. Okay. Then how does he receive this deadly wound? Watch what it says in verse 14. In the end of verse 14, it says that they should make an image to the beast um, which had the wound by a sword and yet lived. So we find that the first beast, the leopard-like beast, receives a deadly wound by a sword and takes many, many people into captivity. Mm -hmm. So that's the context that we have here in verse 10. So when the Bible uses the word he, in context, is very, very clearly referring to the leopard-like beast. He that leads into captivity. Did the first, did the leopard-like beast do that? Yes, the leopard-like beast led many people into captivity, will go into captivity. All right? Mm -hmm. He that kills with the sword, did the leopard-like beast do that? Yes, in context, he did a lot of that, will be killed with the sword. Does the leopard-like beast receive a deadly wound with a sword and yet live? And the answer, once again, is yes. So the reference here is not to the saints going into captivity. Mm -hmm. It's to the leopard-like beast going into captivity. And the leopard-like beast is a nation. And as the leopard-like beast goes into captivity and receives a fatal wound, it reveals the faith and the patience of the saints. Wow. Yeah. So 
So now we need to find out when that happened, right? Yeah. I'm now I'm all like, ooh, what happened with this nation? Yeah. When did, when, when, when did that all take place? Um, and we did speak about it yesterday. And so if you missed yesterday, then you need to send us your excuse. <laughs> um, but <clears throat> we won't talk about that if you missed yesterday. But just in case <laughs> you did, I mean, we, we'll uh, give a little bit of a review. So we talked about Satan working through Imperial Rome followed by uh, Papal Rome. And, um, and and then we went down to talk about how that um, you know the, the, the power the, the secular power, the union of church and state was really created in uh, by the decree of Justinian, the Roman Emperor, the secular Roman Emperor in 533 AD and came into effect in the year 538. And so that was this, this is when the Vatican essentially received uh, secular power, union of church and state. Mm-hmm. And we talked about whenever you get a union of church and state together, you get a disaster. And this is what it created yeah, a mess. It created a mess. Um, and has, you know, there's never been anything other than a mess. And, and this is what the Bible's talking about because the Bible says you shouldn't do this kind of thing. So then we went on and, uh, and looked at how that came to an end in 1798. So in 1798, this is what happened. Napoleon, um, through his general Bertier, mm-hmm. took the Pope at that time captive. Oh. Proclaimed the end of the papal government. And this mm-hmm. is significant. He didn't proclaim the end of the papacy or the or I should say the Roman Catholic Church. He was just saying no, we should not have a union of church and state, so he abolished the government and proclaimed a Roman Republic to replace it. Okay. So he replaces it with a secular government. Now he's separated church and state. Uh, he did proclaim that there would never be another pope and sent the pope into captivity where he was placed under the guardianship or the hospitality of Huguenots, mm-hmm. who the pope had been bitterly persecuting for um, about the last 300 years um, and trying to kill as many of them as he could. Um, and uh, they looked after him quite well, but he died in captivity. Oh, I was going to say, uh, I don't think he would have lasted very long, but I guess they were He didn't kind. last very long, but he was elderly and weak and frail at the time, as it was anyway. So he only lived for 18 months after that happened. And then despite the fact that they had proclaimed there would never be another pope, you know, Napoleon's political fortunes were such that he sort of played the political game, mm-hmm. as most politicians do, and uh, he needed uh, someone to crown him as emperor, so he made them have another pope. Fair and then when the pope went to crown him as emperor, he reached up and uh, snatched the throne out of the Pope's hand and crowned himself because that's Napoleon. <laughs> in a nutshell. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's Napoleon. <laughs> okay, so that, that, that's what happened in 1798. Mm-hmm. And it was a deadly wound because the reason what you know, there were some large Roman Catholic countries in the world, you know, Italy, Spain, Portugal, um, the whole of South America, Central America, etc. You know, we could go on. Um, and the Vatican had reached such a weak point that none of them even none of them even turned a hair when this happened. None of them even sort of really objected or said anything because it was it had become irrelevant. Um, it's hard to imagine the Vatican being so weak. You know, if something like that happened today, imagine how many countries would come to the defense oh, of the Vatican. Could, yeah, it'd be a catastrophic event. Yeah, yeah, yeah. that's right. Um, and, and, and today... Um, people like oh, really it was that low? It was that low. Mm-hmm. It was it was a fatal wound that um, everybody like yeah this is it it's, it's over. Uh, the world is going to move on from here. Other religions are going to take the place of this, and it's done. Mm-hmm. Uh, but remarkably, it is not done, and it's come back stronger and more powerful than ever. Indeed, the uh, greatest influence. greatest media event the world has ever seen is not been a sports event. Oh really? It has not been a royal wedding. Oh, what? Nope. The greatest media event the world has ever seen was uh, the funeral of John Paul II. Oh, are you serious? Yeah. Wow. Yeah, yeah so <clears throat> anyway. Um, so clearly that deadly wound yeah, is I mean, long that, that's a that's a pretty big indication of its influence and its reach. And, that's right. And, yeah, and now you have the political it. leaders of the world going to the Vatican saying, look, we need to form a um, – not a United Nations, but a United Religions, because wars are r- driven by religion r- more so than politics, and uh, we need someone with enough moral authority to head that up. And so you've got non-Christian, um, you know, religions that are going to the Vatican and looking to the Vatican for that, which shows just how influential it is today, yeah, and exactly. uh, and how much that wound has been healed. Mm. Yeah. Anyway, 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 anyway. The first word of verse eleven is the word and. Mm-hmm. That is a connecting word. It connects you to the previous verse. In the previous verse, 
He that leads into captivity is going into captivity. The Vatican had done that, it's now going into captivity. He that kills with a sword is going to be killed with a sword. The Vatican had been doing that, and, um, and it's now going to receive a deadly wound. And I beheld. So while one beast is going down, while one beast is being killed with a sword and receiving a fatal wound, the other one is starting to rise to power. And we're going to talk more about that exciting event in just a few minutes. But right now, this is Gungor with Please Be My Strength. I've tried to stand my ground. I've tried to understand. But I can't seem to find my faith again. Like water on the sand. Grasping at the wind I keep on falling short So please be my strength Please be my strength Cause I don't have any more I don't have any more Listening to Gungor with Please Be My Strength here on Faith FM, and we are talking about the Beasts of Revelation chapter 13. A nice solid breakfast for you this morning, and which in, ended up with us a bean juice challenge. But <laughs> you brought that upon yourself, mate. <laughs> I thought I had you this morning, Mon. I'm like, yeah, I've so got mine. Dude, I am way too slippery for that. <laughs> uh, you wait. One of these days I'll slide something in in the last 30 seconds. You won't have time for a comeback. I'll just keep talking until the radio show's over. And I will just mute you again. <laughs> <laughs> Whoever gave Mon the controls. <laughs> that you? Was, that, was, that, was, that was a mistake. That was a major mistake, mistake right there. Okay. Anyway, so... Um, I nearly said beans it is. I said, what I mean to say is beasts it is for this morning. Okay, so here's what you've got. Uh, Revelation 13 Mm -hmm. 
Verse 11, mm-hmm. and is a connecting word that connects you to the previous verse. In the previous verse, he has seen a beast going into captivity and receiving a deadly wound by a sword. And connects you to that event. And I saw another beast ascending from the earth. So as one beast is going down, the other one is coming up. And ascending or coming up, um, as various translations put it, signifies a process. There is a process taking place here as one is going down and the other is coming up. Mm-hmm. Okay, so where is this second one coming from? It says, and I saw another beast come up out of the earth. Where did the first one come from? The sea? The sea. Revelation the sea. 13 verse yeah. 1. I stood on the sand of the sea and saw a beast rise out of the sea. And so if you've got one coming out of the earth and the other coming out of a, out of the sea, that's very clearly a Contrast. God is trying to catch your attention with a contrast here, isn't that so? They had different beginnings. They had different points of origin. Mm-hmm. So we need to find out what does the sea symbolize and then by default, what does the earth symbolize? So 17, chapter 17 and verse 15, what does the water in the Bible symbolize? Revelation chapter 17. 17 and verse 15. Verse 15 says, once I find it, Then the angel said to me, The waters where the prostitute is ruling represent masses of people of every nation and language. Okay, Ah. masses of people. So we know that the first beast is going to come from an area where there are masses of people from all kinds of different languages and nations and so forth. Mm -hmm, Yeah. If the second beast is in contrast to the first one, then it's going to rise from an area that is the opposite of that, like where there's not yeah. a lot of people, there are very few languages, you know, no established mm-hmm. nations, mm-hmm. that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay, so then we have to – uh, nations as, you know, is understood in the biblical context. So then we have to look around our world and ask ourselves this question. Around the period of 1798, was there another nation that was coming to power? 1798. Yeah. Scratch your history banks. Was there another nation that was coming up? At around that time. I wouldn't say it was coming to power, but maybe coming to existence. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. The, I'd, I'd go with that. Mm-hmm. You've kind of got two options here. Mm-hmm. Uh, if you look at those dates, Australia. Yeah. And America. Yeah. Did Australia come into existence at that time? Uh, blah, blah, blah. Nah, uh, not really. Let me go and ask Captain Cook or Arthur Phillip and see what was going on. Yeah, Arthur Phillip would say, no, we arrived in in, uh, in Port Phillip Bay and uh, – not Port Phillip Bay, in um, Sydney Harbour and there was nothing but trees and That's right. um, some indigenous folk. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, so there was pretty much nothing here then. But it's interesting if you look at what John Wesley said a few years before 1798. He was studying this prophecy, realized that it ended in the very near future, and he said, you know, there's another beast coming, but he's not, he hasn't yet come, though he cannot be far off, for he is to appear at the end of the 42 months of the first beast. So mm-hmm. he's like, he's not far off. This, was, this is what he said in 1754. Mm-hmm. Now, in the United States, watch what happens as you come up towards the date 1798. There's mm-hmm. a process. Mm-hmm. In 1776, you have the Declaration of Independence. Okay. In 17, From 76 to 83, you have the War of Independence. This is actually part of the reason why Australia was settled, because England lost America. Oh, okay. They're looking for something else. Yep. Um, in 1787, the Constitution was voted. Mm-hmm. In 1788, the Constitution was ratified. In 1789, the first president was elected. In 1791, the Bill of Rights was adopted. In 1798, first international recognition as a nation. So you've got a process. As one is going down Uh in exactly the right place at exactly the right time, there is another coming up. That's incredible. But you would not have called it a superpower. No. This is a little bit – the situation is a little bit like if uh, in today's world – New Zealand took on the United States and went to war with the United States. And won. And won. (laughs) Because this was the 13 colonies of America going to war against the British Empire Mm -hmm. and winning. Yeah, wow. You know, the British Empire on which the sun sort of never sat. It it seems quite unbelievable, doesn't it? It does seem quite unbelievable, but it did did take place. And really what happened is it just became too hard for, you know, for Britain to handle. It was just, you know, it wasn't worthwhile. It was a a ridiculous war to fight. And so, um, and, you know, at, at, at times they fought well and hard, but other times they just didn't have their heart in it. And, of course, the colonies... Fought very hard, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, and it was their it was their home country. It was their own soil, 
um, they had a cause and they had motivation and uh, it made you know all the difference in the world and that's that's simply what took place and so Britain's like well forget that we'll grab this other continent over here called Australia and thus we have the uh, beginning of the history of Australia so right place right time you have a nation that comes to power however that's not all the Bible says about this particular beast this uh, one that comes out of the earth you want to read for us again verse 11 of chapter 13 13 verse 11 and I saw another beast come up out of the earth he had two horns like those of a lamb. Okay, I want you to stop right there for a moment mm. because horns symbolize government. Mm-hmm. There are two forms of government here, separate from each other, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. And they are like a lamb. What is a lamb a symbol of? Jesus, isn't it? That's a symbol of Jesus. Uh-huh. Okay, so this is not a Hindu nation, not a Buddhist nation, not a Muslim nation that is rising. It's a Christian nation. It's a Christian nation. Uh-huh. And uh, you've got two different forms of government. Yeah. And this is a Christian nation that rose up with two different forms of government because they decreed for the very first time in their constitution the separation of church and state. Uh-huh. Separated the two. You have two because this is the this is a Christian form of government. Mm-hmm. In other words, they looked at the words of Christ and they said, okay, when Jesus talked about government, he said, give to Caesar the things that are Caesar's and to God the things that are God God's and don't let the two get mixed up with each other. Yeah. And so, like, okay, Christian government is separation of church and state. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So that's what they formed. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, so that's really good, right? So we've got uh, two dodgy beasts and one really good one. Yeah, it sounds great. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. <laughs> uh, finish the verse for us. Okay, this is sad because he had two horns like those of a lamb, but he spoke with the voice of a dragon. So when you see this one come to power, you think, great, we have a Christian nation coming to power. And then once he opens his mouth, what happens? It all goes to pot. Yeah. How does a nation speak? What do you mean how does a nation speak? Because yeah, a beast is a symbol of a nation. How does a nation speak? Well, I mean, beasts, oh, I don't know. I mean, they speak yeah. through their through their leaders, right? Through their leaders? Yeah. Through their legislation? Mm-hmm. Through their laws? Mm-hmm. So here's, uh, uh, and what does the dragon symbolize? The dragon is a devil. Working through? Nations. Nations. And the dragon in the context of Revelation 12. So you had the dragon, then you had the leopard-like beast, and you had the Mm -hmm. land beast or the earth, the beast from the earth. Mm -hmm. And you have Satan working through... Basically all of them. All of them. But in the dragon, he's working through Imperial Rome, right? Yeah. Because he's trying to destroy Jesus at his birth. That was Imperial Rome. Mm -hmm. So you've got Satan working through Imperial Rome. And so the Bible says that the United States at the end of time will speak like... Imperial Rome. And the Bible describes that in 13 verse 2 where it speaks about him having great power and great authority. In other words, the Bible says at the end of time, America will speak with great power and great authority. Hasn't that been fulfilled? Amen. This is Anna Beaton. So fearfully, wonderfully made Somehow you forgot along the way Knitted together by my hands Swept away by the world's demands You are so fearfully, wonderfully made Somehow you forgot along the way Knitted together by my hands Swept away by the world's demands And I have called you by
welcome back to Faith FM Australia. Lyle, mm. have you ever been rebuked? Mm. You have? Mm-hmm. Can I ask what for? Uh, radio content. <laughs> okay, fair enough, fair enough. Yeah. Mm, let me see. 30 seconds ago? <laughs> <laughs> okay, fair enough. Okay, I got you. Text message is coming in, so giving me a hard time. That's okay, I, I don't mind. Uh-huh. Send, them, send them through. You know what our number is? 0491 We'd love to hear from you guys. Indeed, we we'd love to. We'd love to hear what's on your minds and, uh, and uh, what uh, kind of things are interesting you as we go through the, uh, you know, our Bible studies, our interviews, our um, news segments. Just, yeah, let us know. We, yeah, absolutely. Mm-hmm. Guess what I've been rebuked for a while? What? Crocheting in church. <laughs> <laughs> why did you Why did you get rebuked? You are the ultimate. I'm just. I am speechless. I am speechless. You are the ultimate multitasker. Yeah. And so, what they thought that you were. It was um, toiling. It was what? They thought it was toil. They thought it was oh, work. It was to- <laughs> <laughs> but it's all right. I, you know, do you know what? Is it's, there any way you don't crochet, Mon? No, actually. I took, that's so funny. You should ask that. I took a picture last night of myself crocheting and was going to send it to you guys with the caption, There is no place I won't crochet. And then I thought you guys were probably asleep, so I left it off. But, uh,. Not going to ask. Yeah, don't ask. <laughs> but it's funny because our question of the day is actually about rebuking. Okay. What's yeah. our question of the day? So we've been asked, what is what is the right way to rebuke someone? Or like, how should you rebuke someone? Or is there ever a time to rebuke someone? Uh, I think we should always rebuke people like Nehemiah did. How did Nehemiah rebuke people? He pulled out their beards. <laughs> what? <laughs> Good thing I don't have one. <laughs> Yeah, okay, so there are some there are some places in the Bible where different individuals at times were called by God to administer stiff rebukes. Okay, yeah. Um, it, it is an area that we need to um, approach with great trepidation. Another person in the Bible was John the Baptist, mm-hmm. who used these words here in Luke chapter 3. Um, he said to the multitude that came forth to be baptized of him, O generation of snakes, who has warned you to flee from the wrath to come? Poisonous snakes, vipers, he says. Um, so, you know, there are some strong words in the Bible. Jesus used some very, very strong words. He called some people um, whited or paint graves that were painted white on the outside. Mm-hmm. And in the inside, is just full of dead men's bones. Oh, wow. Uh, the strongest language you'll find anywhere in the Bible is the passage we're studying at the moment, Revelation chapter 14, um, which speaks about wrath, undiluted, being poured out on those who... Worship the beast and his image and so forth. So, but does that mean that we should be doing that? Because I mean, doesn't saying nasty things people hurt their feelings forever? And yeah, and and this is the context in which we need to take it. First Timothy five and verse one, the Bible says, "Rebuke not an elder, but entreat him as a father, and the younger men as brethren." Mm-hmm. So, if we take that principle, uh, pretty much everybody's going to be either older than us or younger than us. Mm-hmm. And so we treat them as a as as a uh, as a father or a mother, mm-hmm. or as a brother or a sister, mm-hmm. uh, depending on the culture in which you find yourself and their age bracket at the time. And so it would be very very rare that you would use this kind of language in relationship to um, your mother, your father, your brother, your sister. That's right. And it's very very rare that you find that kind of strong language anywhere in the Bible. Mm. Um, and so it should be very very rare in our um, times and only in um, circumstances of absolute emergency that we use strong language. Hi, my name is Aluka. I go to Townsville Seventh Day Adventist Church. We would love to have you join us on Saturday at nine thirty for Sabbath School Kids program, and then the main service at ten forty-five a.m. For more information, Google Seventh Day Adventist Church Townsville City. and bow down and kneel before the Lord our Maker Come let us worship and bow down and kneel before the Lord our Maker Come let us worship and bow down and kneel before the Lord 
Let us worship and bow down and kneel before the Lord, our Maker. Listening to Fernando Ortega, come let us worship Psalms 95, verse 6 and 7. Hey, Mon! Yes! We are giving something away! I know, and I was quite inspired uh, this morning in our interview session. Uh, Matt Parra telling the story of his um, son's birth there on Friday. 20 minute birth, quite incredible um, birth. You know, I've heard so many mothers say, um, that the birth of their children reaffirms their belief in God because it's such a deeply spiritual um, experience for them, which is what you know he stated. Um, hey, one, 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 one. Yes. Before you give something away, yes. Can can I propose a giveaway? Not for today, but for another day. Yes. Maybe for when I get back from the states, I'm heading over to the states. Go on. Um, for some annual leave coming up soon. Uh-huh. But um, when I get back from the states, sometime. Yeah. For our giveaway. Yeah. Can we give away a scarf? That yeah. Mon knitted. Look, I've got a schedule here, right? <laughs> I've got blankets up to my eyeballs that I'm trying to get through. <laughs> but yeah, sure. I'll whip you up a scarf and we can give that away. That'll be fine. Well, we'll do it for a quiz or a give- we'll do something special with it. It'll be we'll a, it'll special. be um there will be a major a major competition and from that you will see receive a major award. And you could watch it being made on air in the weeks prior as I make it. Well, it probably only take a week. I yeah, reckon. yeah, we'll put it up on our Insta story and yeah. Facebook and so forth. Okay, so I was quite inspired by Matt Parra's um, story, the, the story of his um, son's birth on Friday, who they named Desmond after Desmond Doss. And so I thought, you know what? I've got Desmond Doss's book here. I'm going to give that away today. So this is The Hero of Hacksaw Ridge. It is the gripping true story that inspired um, the recent film made by Mel Gibson. Um, and this is, you know, Desmond Doss, is, as Matt said, he's the first conscientious objector to ever receive the Medal of Honor. He was uh, a Christian man who didn't want to kill anyone and uh, he saved countless lives just with epic heroism. Like Just incredible man, yeah, incredible yeah, man. Absolutely, absolutely. Sensational story. And I can see how Matt would really go for this, you know, being a, a former Marine himself. Um, it uh, it really fits with uh, with his family, and so yeah, what a great name! Mm-hmm. So you can get this book. It's uh, very easy to get a copy of. Just give us a call one eight hundred Faith FM. It's one eight hundred three two four eight four three. You can text us zero four nine one zero six four six six nine. Just tell us the address you want us to post it to. You can even message us on Facebook or on Instagram. It's Faith FM Australia or Faith FM Live. 
Okay, so don't forget to give us a call. And of course, if you would like to know more about the Bible, we love to connect people with the Bible. Or if you would like to send your question in for question of the day, we always enjoy questions that come in from our listeners. And the one that we had this morning, of course, came in via Facebook. But you can also text us on 0491-064-669. Or you can call them through on our number 1-800-FAITH-FM-324843, that is. But right now, stay tuned. We have some more amazing programming coming up right after this. I have never seen your love move. No, I've never seen its way. It stands like a strong tower that no storm could ever shake. Say 